and yet we find out these things. So, Courtney, I want to welcome you to the first ever Mama and Son podcast episode. And I want to thank you for your undying push. That's not the vocabulary word I wanted to insert there, but the undying push you've given me toward this creative end. Welcome. So let's just take a moment and introduce ourselves. My name is Colleen Payne, and here we are on this podcast entitled Mama and Son with my son, Courtney. Courtney, is there anything you would like to share about yourself with our listeners? Yes, please. Thank you for that, Courtney. Thank you for that, Courtney. And <laughs> we have your little uh, sister chiming in there. You'll also learn, my dear listeners, many illus illusionary things about Courtney's youngest sister. We are trying to come upon a reference for her in the course of this podcast. Mama? as she is so often the subject of our mama, admiration mama, 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 mama. and delight. So, Courtney, uh, let's resume. Earlier, we were speaking about your youngest sister's employ of the word digest. And I was regaling you with stories of a public library app known as Hoopla. And the podcast isn't really about the public library app per se, but it is a wonderful tool. And there are a bunch of them, a handful of them out there, and many people are unaware of these. One of my favorite children's librarians when you were growing up, Courtney, deemed me a bibliophile. I said to her, Auden, I'm a book addict. She said, no, you have to say bibliophile. It sounds so much better. Courtney, I always regarded you and your siblings as library brats in the same vein that some children grow up to be army brats. And I mean nothing uh, of a demeaning nature by that. I have great regard for the soldiers and their families which serve our country. However, in the same vein that their children grow up in the military life, my children grew up and the little one is still growing up at the feet of awesome authors. 
do you have any perspective on what it was like to grow up being dragged to so many library programs, book clubs, pajama story time, library movies outside, and checking out a virtual trove of treasure from the library such that your mother could not carry all the items to the car on Tuesday evenings. That was it indeed. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, you think about standing on the, the proverbial Mama, shoulders of giants. Mama, can I put the Courtney in a little while? That picturing us growing up at the feet of those aforementioned authors is a pretty, uh, pretty accurate way to depict it. Um, there was a, a research thesis paper that I read a while ago written by Jordan Peterson um, on the effect of Exposure to uh, you know, art, culture, media, literature, things of that nature, and the development on its connection to the development of trait openness. So, how open we are to ideas, uh, to experiences, to concepts, and, and artistic uh, artistic experience later in life. Finding kind of suggested that there really is a, a pretty big correlation. Now, we're not 100% sure maybe about the directionality of it in terms of what, what causes what, but I definitely do think that having grown up going to such a wide berth, like a wide gamut of events, having been exposed to so many different types of literature, so many different mediums of art, did a lot towards making me a more open-minded person, a more well-rounded person, someone that, you know, we're not trying to two horns here, but is really able and, and more so really willing to uh, look for things in life that are novel. I, I think that is something that a lot of us do kind of miss, and trying to stay within our comfort zone and, you know, have this strong ego in the sense that this is who I am, these are the things that I like, and I, I stick to that. Other people are more comfortable in stepping outside of those normal realms of experience and saying, yeah, I'll, I'll read this obscure book on uh, Russian history, or I'll go to this weird renaissance fair and have fun doing that and appreciate the way that kind of expands their ability to look at life. So I really do think that those trips to the library as arduous as they might have been as a <laughs> single mom trying to tote three breasts around her kitchen screaming. I do think that was one of our greatest advantages in life. And, you know, as a representative, as a representative of that community, I we do appreciate being called bibliophiles because being called addicts makes us think that we have to go through some sort of 12-step program, which is, uh, you know, not what we want to do. So, Courtney, you referred to Jordan Peterson, and I know of him only through you. Would you mind introducing our listeners on this podcast to Jordan Peterson? 
seconds in, and already we're going to be mired in controversy. <laughs> Just a very brief introduction. So if someone wanted to look him up or read one of his works, they could have enough to do a search on the internet. Okay, all right. So I'll preface my answer by saying that nothing about George Peterson is brief or given to (laughs) the sound bites. As is nothing about you or I. Oh dear, Courtney, you definitely has have driven us down an unforeseen path. Well, I suppose if I choose something from his earlier works, I, I won't make it past page three, but it sounds as though maybe the more recent works are, not to sound snobbish, but more worthy of my time and something I, I might make it to the third chapter. Oh, I'm not worried about simple format. I can break, you know, <laughs> war and peace down. But yeah. 
as soon as he starts talking about Nietzsche and espousing that type of agnostic or atheistic attitude, I'm closing the book and putting it back in my library book bag, as you well know. But we will leave that we will leave that one alone. Back to the original point I was making. Hoopla is available in the Play Store, and this allows you to check out audiobooks, what you would have at one time checked out when you were growing up, on a cassette tape, and it had a book to go along with it, and you could follow. What we often did as a family is Mama would insert the cassette tape into the car cassette player, and we would listen to books beginning to end, young adult novels often, as we drove around to soccer tournaments and Boy Scout uh, trips and outings and this sort of thing. And we got to listen to some really great stories that way. Well, Hoopla has kind of modernized this in that they've taken children's books. And there are some grown-up titles, too. And this is not the only app, but it's the one I use most frequently. Um, and they've digitized those cassette tapes we might be talking to an audience that it doesn't even know what a cassette tape is <laughs> who knows um and then you know there was the cd uh attachment that we had for the cassette tape for the cassette tape player in the car that we used that often also as that technology advanced so hoopla allows you to download these audiobooks. They also have ebooks available. However, I don't own an e-reader, so it's very much a strain not only on my eyes, but my wrist and my back and my neck to be strained over a small screen. I do plan on um, obtaining an e-reader at some point in my life. Uh, and I'm sure they'll come up with, you know, some new technology that will make that totally irrelevant, but that's not here now. And there was a tornado. I'd never heard a tornado siren in my life until I came to live in the Southeast United States. And the only tornado I remember up in New England was back when you were about three years old, Courtney. So we're hiding in the hallway and I don't have anything with which to entertain your smallest sister. So I turned to Hoopla and we checked out an ebook about digestion and I read her the entire nonfiction selection. And just today she was looking at a picture encyclopedia aimed at ages five and up, but we know she's in some respects she's a little advanced. In other regards, like everyone, even us as grown-ups, she has areas where, you know, she could grow. Because we don't want to say struggle, right? That's not growth mindset. Mm. And I read to her the selections, the entries about your body uh, in the picture encyclopedia, and we took it with us on an errand today. She was perusing this in the car while we waited at our errand. And then she asked for Hoopla to be opened. I opened it, and she immediately chose the nonfiction story about the digestive system I had read to her during the hurricane, uh, tornado, excuse me. And then when we came home, she ran in, 
and she went to mama's bedroom and she told daddy all about digestion. Daddy said, where'd you learn a word like digestion? But this typifies the type of sponge-like absorbency possessed by young children. And I think that when we corral them and mush them into a cookie mold of all circles or all squares, we squish that out of them. They lose their natural curiosity, their zest for life about which we were speaking earlier, not on this program, but just in the course of family conversation. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah, so first I just want to make it clear that this podcast, nor you, nor I, are sponsored at this moment, as of this recording, by any of the things that are mentioned. So this might sound like we're giving a plug for Hoopla or a plug for Jordan Peterson. These just happen to be things that we like and enjoy and have gotten some good mileage out of. Uh, <laughs> Want to get that out of the way. In case Hoopla decides to sponsor you, sponsor you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, hint, hint. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's tough because on the one hand, there's definitely something that is lost when you put a child into that mold. There's definitely a degree to which they're not able to fully express you know, what they otherwise might have if you force them to conform by this set of rules or that set of protocols. On the other hand, though, some of that is necessary in order for them to learn how to play with other children, which in, in itself, you know, we look at the work of Jean Piaget, play in childhood is kind of a microcosm of working with other people, learning how to work with other people as adults. That's where we learn how to cooperate uh, in the pursuit of a desired goal. And we, in order to do that, everybody can't be playing by their own set of rules. In order to do that, we all have to agree tacitly or explicitly to, you know, set the goalposts here, to follow this set of laws and regulations, whatever it might be. Uh, even something as simple as language, we, we have to, in a sense, die into the language. Uh, there was a, a TED Talk that I heard referenced once where this gentleman he had access to like really, really advanced audio equipment, and while his child was learning how to speak, he set it up all around their home. And that's spooky. They will, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not so different from what the NSA does, right? <laughs> but as a result, he was able to get every every babble and utterance that his child made throughout their developing years, and was able to chart that. And what he found was that during childhood, kids utter every conceivable phoneme. Like every phoneme that is possible for humans to make, every sound that is possible for human beings to make, <coughs> the child made. But as they got older, and as they learned how to speak English as their native language, they started to pare that down and home in on only the phonemes that work in English. So they went from a chaotic everything 
ordered finite set. Because sometimes the, the cost of potential, potential being everything that you could be, by definition is everything that you are. And in order to realize that potential, there are other things that we have to not be. Does that make sense? Of course it doesn't. You and I have had many conversations about this, but I want to mention that you put me in a, a PBS show your little sister quite enjoys. Uh, we'll go into that another episode. This um, is called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and it's kind of a shout out to Mr. Rogers, whom I loved growing up. There were very few children television programs available when I was growing up. I could probably name you five if I tried. And one of them was Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I always held him in high esteem. Um, I think that I still have great respect for him. But the recent release of the movie has maybe politicized his memory more than I would like. However... Daniel's Tiger, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood on PBS, there are also some books out, advances such things as cooperation. And your sister has latched right onto that. They also edging children to breathe when they're having a temper tantrum, which, as you may know, this age is very given to having temper tantrums. It's at this age when we see a peak in those. And as you well pointed out, in order for us not to raise paths, and you can insert socio, psycho, whatever you would like prior to that uh, suffix, in order for us not to raise those, we have to agree, you know, my passing uh, fascination with anarchy is long gone, probably 38 35 years gone. We have to agree to some rules that govern a civilized society. And one of those is we need to cooperate and we cannot always or ever, should we, act out on our anger in a way that would destroy people, property. And sometimes I think emotions need to be included in that uh, parenthetical statement. So your sister quite loves uh, storyline. And her favorite is about cooperation. And that goes to what you were pointing out in terms of, as a society, we have to agree on, yes, we are going to agree that an octagonal nice red sign nice. means that we stop our vehicles. Yeah, and we also do it when we do. <laughs> but we 